you're listening to Pop Apologists. On today's ep, we talk about our tried and true ghosting techniques, Kanye 2020, aka Chris Jenner Commander in Chief, our favorite Karen's Chick-fil-A meltdown, and Dr. Phil's future daughter-in-law, Morgan Stewart. Buckle in, baby. Let's do this. I am just so excited to chat with you right now. We've got to dig into it. No more pleasantries, no more niceties. I don't care about how your weekend was. It's Monday morning. It's time to get down to business. Well, 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 that's all we'll say to start this shit off. Okay. So let's just start at the top. (laughs) Kanye is running for president. Yes. Kanye West tweeted that he's running for president. However, he has not registered to actually be on the ballot in any state so far. So, and the deadline is like coming up very quickly. He has uh, threatened this before in the past. Kanye 2020 was a viral tweet. I want to say in 2016 or something. Mm -hmm. So this is not the first time he's made his presidential bid, but we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. I thought, hasn't he been running for president? for the past like five years like hasn't he said he's running in 2020 for a long time like yeah he's been teasing his presidential bid in 2020 for a bit now yeah i think what is most alarming and what we should be you know the most concerned about because this does seem real is that with our current candidates shaping up it just feels like this doesn't seem far off it's joe biden it's kanye west it's donald trump who's going to be in the white house i mean and now it is not out of the question that Kanye could get elected. That's what's crazy to me. No. Yes, I don't think he will actually get elected because I think Trump's base would never turn on Trump and support Kanye. But I do think that in the scheme of things, if Trump was not in the equation, uh, Kanye West would... I, I literally almost called him West. West. <laughs> Kanye Mr. West, West, President West. Yeah. Kanye West could potentially win because that is the state of chaos and that's the taste level of the American people. I mean, like, did did Donald Trump walk so that Kanye could run? I don't know. A great question of our time. And what will a White House look like if Kim K gets her hands on the decor? Can you imagine if Chris Jenner is like basically running the White House? Because you know, if Kanye's president, really Chris Jenner is president. Exactly. She's pulling the strings. Would you Kanye's vote for Chris Jenner for president? Yes. <laughs> I think Corey. I think Corey Gamble would make a fantastic first man. Is Agreed. that what you call it? That's well, what you call it. They're not married, I don't know. so I don't even know if he would have any sort of official title, but he definitely <sighs> would be chilling. Oh my gosh. Corey would just be like overseeing like the daily happenings at the in the West Wing. You know. Absolutely. Corey would be bringing Chris a cocktail. He yep. would be chilling with like housekeeping and security, just like making friends with all of them and their kids. <laughs> just so endearing. Chris He'd Jenner be like, would be ruling the world. America would never be safer than if Chris Jenner was president. And Corey's just like, take a break, baby. I can just imagine Chris Jenner doing an interview for keeping up while she's president and just being like, not only am I managing five girls' careers, but I'm running a country now. I mean, can you believe it? Like, can I can you just believe hear it? it coming out of her mouth and being like, hey, Chloe, I can't talk to you right now. Kim Jong-un is flying in. Um, I got to take this call, okay? 
quick? Yeah. If, if he's still alive, he'd be flying in to be with her. Absolutely. World leaders are shaking right now. Shake, shaking. Quaking in their freaking, <laughs> in their freaking boots. Baman would design the whole like inauguration look. Of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. It would be like studded. Like it would be gaudy. It would be perfect. Well, and you know that the White House would be completely renovated into some mm-hmm. sort of like monastery vibe. Like Kanye Definitely. would completely gut the entire thing. It, he probably would rebuild it from the ground up because he I don't think yeah. he likes Roman architecture. So no, definitely not. Ugh, wow. Oh, well, oh my gosh. A girl can dream. I mean, I now at first I was like, no, thank you. And now I'm kind of like into this idea of the future. Yeah, I'm into it for sure. No, I'm actually um, not. On the record, I want to <laughs> say I do not support any more celebrity presidents. But <laughs> likewise, please, no more reality TV stars in the White House. That's no. my one wish. Like, can't we just go back to the days where it was just like boring people who are very serious in the White House? That is my goal. I mean, I don't know if this is going to get us canceled, but like, can we just go back to the days of like when George Bush like didn't seem like a great option? Like I would happily take a George Bush. And Mitt Romney. Yeah. A Mitt Romney. I mean, Mitt I know- Romney is, I'm like hot for Romney these days, given just how, like how serious and thoughtful and sweet he is. Why did I ever hate him? Why? Why? What was what, wrong with us? In in Love Life, if you ever get an HBO Max su- subscription and like, you know, don't stop acting like a cheap uh, hoe, mm-hmm. there's a scene where, where it's set in like, <laughs> it's set in like 2016 and the guy's like, he's like works for Politico and he's very liberal and he's like, man, can you even imagine if Romney is our president? And like when I watched so it, bad. like it would be like the end of the world. And when I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh. I would give anything. I would give perhaps my ring finger. I'd give a finger, an arm, a leg, anything for Mitt Romney. I mean, I would love to have Anne in the White House. (sighs) Just a good, solid, wholesome family. Mm -hmm. Like, not Mitt Romney's third wife, who's 30 years younger than him. Like, the woman he married when he was in his 20s, stuck by his side. His, like, his just solid American family. They're strapping sons. Like, honestly, I could not be more of a Romney stan these days. Maybe I should get a Mitt Romney tattoo. I will get a Mitt Romney tattoo with you. Let's get matching Mitt Romney tattoos. Let's do it today, <laughs> today. While, we're, while we're committed. We can't Honestly, lose we have to, We got to ride this wave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's actually, there. when I saw this, the image of Mitt Romney protesting at a Black Lives Matter march with a mask on, I died inside. Um, yes, he is just, he's, well, here's what I like about Mitt Romney. And I love mm-hmm. how now this is a political commentary podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like that Mitt Romney holds opinions from both sides of the aisle. He like, mm-hmm. I think he's a more nuanced person. He doesn't just tout the party line. And actually, if you don't tout the party line and you um, have any sort of beliefs from either side, I think then that is what makes you like, makes you basically, um, it kind of kills your career because you're suddenly like no longer supported by the establishment. Well, what's interesting too is that like, yeah, he's nuanced, but he's called a flip flopper. Like people don't think he like sticks to his beliefs enough because he actually votes with a lot of thought and he doesn't just like, yeah, exactly. Tout the party lines. Don't we all hope to be open-minded enough to change our opinions over the course of 40 years? Yes. Yes. I mean, heaven knows I'm glad you changed your, your, some of your opinions like about like long strand pearls. I don't know what to do, Chandler, about how bad my taste is. That's why I'm so glad Courtney has her Instagram account and she can just tell me what to buy because ultimately, ultimately I just have the worst taste of all time. 
even with nail polish, I, I can't mean, even pick out good nail polish. Yeah. Like you have to help me. I I'll, don't really understand. I stand on both of your shoulders every day when I, if I even manage to look cute. I honestly don't understand the block with nail polish colors with you. I do think you have good taste, but it's like every time you walk into a nail salon, that all goes out the window or the door and you choose somehow the most heinous colors. And they're like, they're not even like the most overly heinous. heinous. Like it's not like a, it's not like a lime green or like a bad purple. It's like you choose like just two shades off from a good color. You choose like a gold, but you choose like a very yellowy sparkly <laughs> gold. Or I choose, you choose like, like a, a pink gold. Yes. A grandma gold or a grandma pink. You just go for like the worst version of a good color. Yes. Or I, I choose a nude. I think, oh, this is going to be beautiful. It's going to be neutral. It's going to remind people of like the desert, maybe of, you know, like an olive tree. And then actually on my hand, it looks like some shade of poop. Like that is a real, (laughs) that's a real problem for me that I face every day. I'm just glad you, you've started to text me before you choose your color. I'm just proud of you. Like the steps you're making. There was one time I, we were going on a trip to Mexico. I got my nails done. I didn't like the color. Okay. So then I had them mm-hmm. redo it into a different color, Ugh. paid for two nail appointments um, at the same I'm place. Paid for it. Yeah. And then I didn't like the second color either. It was mm-hmm. terrible. So I drove somewhere else. This was like a four hour deal. Drove somewhere <gasps> else and got them redone. <laughs> oh, Lauren. It's so I dark. I worry sometimes. It I really so worry sometimes. Dark. I'm like, you're only going to be on a Mexico trip once. Your nail color has to be perfect. I've had some nail flops myself. I'm not perfect. I don't pretend to be. Have I told the nail story on this pod or have we not told it? What's the nail story? When I got my nails done over Christmas, when I was like, when they were heinously thick. I don't, I, I don't think we've told that story. Do you want it right now? Okay. So I'll make it quick, but I'm going to tell this nail story as a cautionary tale to all the ladies out there who might think a thick nail is a great nail. It's not. Uh, it was a cold winter's Eve. It was pre-Christmas. So I wanted my nails to be looking fly. What was the the year? Um, it's, it's more recent than I care to admit. Okay. Okay. That's what we'll say. Got it. (laughs) But basically we went as a family to go get our nails done. Everyone was in town. I was excited to be with my sisters and I was excited to, you know, have this like look and I go to the nail salon and I ask for a thick nail. Now at the time I was also getting acrylic nails, but I wanted a very thick acrylic with very thick gel on top. So what was it going through your mind before you, um, asked for that? Like, what did you think would look good about this? I wanted statement nails. That's really, really what I wanted. And I wasn't willing to do a statement color. So I had to make a statement with their, um, thickness. Okay. Okay. Well, there's only so many variables to choose from. So exactly. So I want a soft subdued, um, ballerina pink, but then I decided to do acrylic and then I kid you not eight layers of gel on top eight. Did you ask for this? Or did yes. Just- so this is where, this is where okay. I really appreciate my nail technician's dedication to giving me what I wanted because I said I would like them to be very thick. And I would she just like to interrupt you really me. quick and yeah. tell you that you, when this all went down, you left out the part that you asked for this. I did ask for thick nails, but you didn't. Okay. I didn't ask for happened. eight layers of gel on top of acrylic. Okay. Continue. Sorry. I'm interrupting. I did. I asked for the thick nails and she heard me. And I actually, I felt her 
0% for this. I should have stopped her at maybe gel layer number five or six and said, Hey, I think we are good, (laughs) but I didn't. I'm not very good at telling people to stop or to not do what they're doing. I would, I would prefer to just go home and complain. Um, it's a great thing about me. So essentially I walk out of there with bubble nails, like literally my nails, they were, they were a quarter inch, an inch thick. You were there. Do you contest that? So first of all, you call it a ballerina pink. It looked like you know a wedding white, I would say. It was bright white. And so your nails looked like there were mini marshmallows on the end of each nail. I kid you not. Mini marshmallows dotting each finger instead of nails. That's what your hands look like. It was something out of like a horror show. And the best part, it was so tacky. We were driving home and I'm like, yeah, I feel like mine are a little thick. And then like, I remember like Courtney turning around from the front seat, you looking at my nails and everyone just started laughing so hard. And I felt so ashamed, so embarrassed. I started crying. You started, you threw the biggest (sighs) tantrum. I'm sorry to say you cried so, you were so upset that we were making fun of your nails. You were like literally beside yourself. I was like, I've probably never been more mad. And then you guys wanted to like take pictures with them. (laughs) Like you were like sending pictures of it to their, to your friends. And I was like, I will not have this mockery be made. Um, it was probably one of the highlights of my life. You with your mini marshmallow, like tendrils. Um, did you, do I remember, am I remembering this correctly? But I feel like mom's position, the stance she took was that the nail technician should have known better than to agree to this and that you, um, that you needed to go back and demand they redo them. Is that accurate? Uh, that is accurate. Mom thought it was on the nail technician, but that being said, did you do that? Did you go back? I went back and got them fixed and tipped, but it was terrible. It was terrible. I thought I was mortified because I knew that I had asked for it, but yeah, maybe she should have advised me and said, Hey, I think this is going to get a little crazy, you know, after gel layer five oh my God. <laughs> on top of acrylics. But you know, it was a learning experience, I think for the both of us and we're better people because of it. That was just mom training you to be a Karen. A Karen. No mom is like, yeah. Can we, can we give a, Not proud of it. a mom appreciation moment real quick? I think we need a mom appreciation moment. Our mom says she doesn't listen to this pod, but she does. Apparently she does. (laughs) Much (laughs) to my shock. I maybe already talked about this, but last week when she was like, what are you talking about on the pod today? And I'm like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, well, what did you talk about last week? So clearly she doesn't listen. Or when she does, she's very uh, cavalier about it and doesn't like to admit that she listens. She's a coy listener. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to amend a few things we've said for the record. Yes. Um, First of all, one, we did a lot of complaining about chores as children. We stand behind those complaints. But we would like the record to reflect that um, one of the chores we had was cleaning an area of the house called zones. We talked about it last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to clean our zone every day in addition to our other chores. And anyway, we misstated that our mother's room was a zone. It was a zone for probably, I would say maybe a couple weeks. It was a briefly lived zone. Um, but we want to amend that and say that for most of our time, the zones were common areas of the home and it was appropriate that we pitch in and clean them. So 
was very appropriate. My mom, I'm going to make a second amendment just for our mother's sake. My mom claims that it was never a zone, that her bedroom was never a part of our chores. Um, but I think that that we can, we can find a way around that because we always had to put away towels in her bathroom. It was something bathroom related. Yeah. It was definitely like either her bathroom or putting away towels in her bathroom, which I'm going to go ahead and say counts as a zone. So sorry, mom. And I just want to say, as we, we're going to do a lot of making fun of our mom because she's just like the biggest character. She's so funny. She's just like the most amazing person. But I want to say that for the flip side, um, and I'm saying this because I'm preempting because we're going to tell a mom story in a second. <laughs> so I'm just trying to lay the groundwork. Our mom is also like for every, for all the things we kind of make fun of her for it. She's just the most fun. Like our childhood, while it was peppered with zones, it was also peppered with spontaneous trips to Disneyland and, you know, take, being taken out of school so we could attend the Nordstrom Grand Opening at the Mission Viejo Mall and like spontaneous shopping sprees. Like our mom the highs was were high. That's for sure. The highs were high and our mom was hands down. Like all of our friends were jealous of our mom. Oh, they all, even now. Even now people listen to this podcast in hopes that we mention her mom. Like she's still yeah. a star, even though she's barely on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she was the type where she would say like, stay home from school today. Don't go to school. We can hang out. Like totally. who does that? She would give us these candy in the morning, <laughs> breakfast of champions. Mm-hmm. She would, so. we never had a bedtime. There was never. certainly, there were just parts of our childhood that were just so idiosyncratic and funny in the best way. I mean, I remember one time I had just gotten my license and I went to go hang out at a friend's house. My friend Alex, a lifelong listener. I stayed at his house till probably 3 a.m. We were just like hanging out. It was not romantic. How much? the record you guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I finally just like came home and was like, whatever. I didn't, I didn't think I had a curfew because like yeah. our mom just did not like, and then she was like, I actually don't think you should be staying at someone's house until 3 a.m. when you're 16. And I was like, okay, I guess that's fair. Yeah. I mean, mom was just so, was just always so fun. Every Christmas was like waking up in Santa's village. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, it was really just, special. I mean, it's kind of cursed us as adults because it has I, cursed us as adults. Birthdays and Christmases as adults are like always we have a the down. highest expectations on birthdays and Christmases and as adults because our mother made it such a big deal when we were kids. Like our birthdays were like impeccably planned out, talked mm-hmm. about ad nauseum beforehand. Like we it was made to feel so special. Week. Yep. It's, no. it's honestly and Logan's curse now. It's such a curse. I mean, and we're even self-aware about it. We're like, okay, like we got to like plan some things in our birthday. Like we just got to be chill about this. Every year we tell ourselves to chillax and that we're adults and it's okay. And every year we feel a little bit disappointed because we're adults and our mom doesn't plan every detail. I mean, I will say, um, I've had a few birthdays live up to my like crazy expectations. And when they do, it's a magical experience, but otherwise it's just a battle of trying to be self-aware, trying to get through the day, (laughs) trying not to be a monster, (laughs) trying not to let the like inner diva princess monster that lives inside of you (sighs) to, you know, to shine through. Come out. Yeah, yeah, truly. So all that is to say that our mom is, she's incandescent and there's really no one like her in the entire world and we love her. Can we now make fun of her for a second? Yeah. I'm glad that's over. Okay. I have to tell a mom Karen story that is probably the, one of the funniest stories of our time. Our mom has had some Karen moments and this is perhaps her finest. Take it away. 
Okay. So our mom used to, she's not into it anymore, but she used to be um, very into the Chick-fil-A diet lemonade. Like so into it, mm-hmm. she would get it by the gallon. She would have my dad. She would get like three to four gallons at for a like time. two weeks. She always, mm-hmm. she would freeze it. Like she would buy like four gallons at a time. She would freeze two of them. That way she only had to go like once or twice a week. <laughs> no, probably like once every two weeks. But anyway, she was very, very into the Chick-fil-A diet lemonade. Um, and she had told us a story that one time she was just like, <laughs> okay, she was driving she, the streets of Laguna Niguel, just jonesing for her next fix of diet lemonade. Also, to add a little bit of context, our mom doesn't leave the house very often. She doesn't like to go to the grocery store. She never goes to her friend's house. Her friends always have to come to her. She's a homebody to the max. Um, wait, how is that relevant to this? Well, just that she was leaving the house, like to go get the, you know, she was fiending because oh, she didn't yeah, make her yeah. dad stop. So yeah. sorry to, to, give that, to give that data point more context, y'all. <laughs> Yeah. So our mom very rarely leaves the house. She's kind of like a mountain. You have to come to her. Um. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Lauren is everyone. Sorry. This is a small interjection, but Lauren is just such a poet to her core. And I just like, I appreciate her prose every day. Thank you. I do what I can. Um, so Yes, our mother is so desperate. She decides to leave her house on the hill and drive to Laguna Niguel, which is the first, the closest Chick-fil-A at the time, and get her diet lemonade. So she drives into the parking lot. She gets in line and... The person says, hello, uh, you know, what would you like or whatever? And my mom says, I'm going to take, I'll take a gallon of your diet lemonade and a large diet lemonade, does her order. And the person goes, um... I'm sorry, we don't sell uh, our diet lemonade by the gallon. And my mom says, my mom's like literally like probably blinks slowly, tries to adjust her (laughs) eyes to the light, tries to hear, like tries to compute the voice that is just spoken and says, "Um, I'm sorry, what? They said, yeah, we don't sell our diet lemonade by the gallon. And, And my mom says, I like to speak to like, like your supervisor the supervisor comes on and the supervisor reiterates that they don't sell it by the gallon. And so the mom says, I buy your diet lemonade by the gallon all the time, like growing more and more heated. And then she's like, and she's finally like at her breaking point. Okay. Like the fuse is like about to explode. And (laughs) as these, as these workers continue to deny her reality and gaslight her that, (laughs) that they have never sold the diet lemonade by the gallon. So finally my mom, like in all of her, like all of her just complete frustration, she says, so you mean to tell me that you're the only Chick-fil-A that doesn't sell the diet lemonade by the gallon. And then the voice, the voice says back, ma'am, this is El Pollo Loco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm going to like pee my pants while recording this podcast. When she told us this story, like we, (laughs) that was probably one of the best moments of our lives. Then the best part, she told us how, do you want to, do you remember this part? Yeah. She so had, okay, go ahead. After after she's faced the music of of her being in a El Pollo Loco drive through, the El Pollo Loco is also just situated right next door to the Chick Fil A. She had just pulled into the wrong drive through. Yeah, exactly. It's right next um, door because she was in a she was in a haze, like a withdrawal haze. Yeah. So she couldn't figure out. Totally. She couldn't she, read. She couldn't figure out if El Pollo Loco was Chick Fil A or not. She, she saw buildings. She yeah, didn't it was notice just like, that it was one just, was a Mexican was, menu, not a chicken restaurant. <laughs> 
<laughs> one was like a grilled chicken club and one was like a, an El Classic burrito. All that happened. And she's then gridlocked behind cars in the back. And cars in the back mm-hmm. and cars exactly. in the front. So she then has to continue pulling through the drive-thru and make eye contact with the El Play Loco staff as she pulls on through. She had to slink through just like the drive of shame after she's berated. The drive of shame is so real. So hilarious. Okay. I have another <laughs> dilemmate story I have to tell that involves mother. Okay. What? I don't even know if I know this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when, um, when I was living at home, when I first moved back after college, um, she asked me to buy her a couple gallons of diet lemonade on my way home from something. So I do, I go and get the diet lemonade and then I, um, go home and then I accidentally left the diet lemonade in the car for like four hours. Okay. On a hot summer San Clemente day. So my mom proceeds to not be too happy with me over this. And that's, I would say, putting it a little lightly. Um, she's not thrilled that I have potentially spoiled her diet lemonade. Does this sound, does this sound believable Chandler? This does sound believable. Okay. Um, I actually just want to make sure you're still there. Um, so, um, <laughs> I was, yeah. like, when have I ever <laughs> accused you of being a liar on this pod yes. online? So my mom, I would say her reaction was maybe a little bit one of, of coming from emotion and not from reason, but realizing that the goods had been potentially spoiled, she freaks out at me. Wait a minute. A Bledsoe girl operating from emotion, not reason. Yeah. It's a, it's a genetic trait (laughs) (laughs) passed down uh, for sure. Doesn't skip any generations or any of us. Um, so I text my friend, Joey, And Joey is not his real name, but I'm going to use alternate names to protect the innocent. I text my friend Joey, and Joey at BYU majored in microbiology and public health. It was like a one major, one minor, and he was getting a master's in public health. So I texted Joey and I said, hey, Joey, I have a quick question about um, diet lemonade from Chick-fil-A. I left diet lemonade in the car for about four hours on a day that was uh, 76 degrees. Um, Do you think that it's still safe to consume? Now, this is not a weird question for me to Mm -hmm. ask Joey because I've asked him things like that before. Like, oh, I left eggs out. I left milk out, whatever. But And he is just an expert on all of this stuff. Like, he literally studies food safety. So this was not a weird thing for me to ask. Like, this is what he studies. Um, And so he responds and he's like, "Uh, yeah, the acidity levels of the lemons should keep it from like growing any bacteria. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, thank you so much. And I was like, by the way, how are you? Exclamation point, question mark. Like I miss you. Like I like would love to see you again at some point. Like it's been forever. And, uh, Oh my gosh. And he texts back and he was like, I'm good. Like everything's good. Um, you know, he doesn't, he just, it gives me kind of a vague response. And he asked me how I am. I said, good. And then he says, by the way, how did I become the go-to person for questions like this. And I said, LOL, you're my only friend that knows about this kind of stuff. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. So this is my friend. So I'm like profusely, you know, emojis, exclamation points, would love to see you. I'm going to be up in Utah in a few weeks. Like, are you available to do lunch? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I'm up in Utah a couple weeks later. I walk into Cubbies in Provo. Okay. Wait, walk into Cubbies in Provo. And sitting at the booth is not my friend, Joey. (laughs) It's not my gay friend, Joey. It's a 
guy I ghosted like two years ago named Joey that I had texted accidentally unknowingly. And now I'm on a second date two years later with a different Joey entirely. And I had to explain to him over the course of the month that, yes, he is my only friend who is smart enough to answer questions about about anything scientific, I guess. You doubled down on the lie. Yeah, I doubled. I was like, I was like, hey, so good to see you. It's been forever because it had been forever. I literally went on one date with this person. Oh my gosh, Lauren. And I literally just proceeded to go on a second date. And he was like, yeah, I was like really confused when you texted me. And I was like, oh, you know, like, honestly, like you are, I've always known that you're super smart. And I just thought you would like be the perfect person to ask that question. Wait a second. Was he actually in fact a smart guy? Yeah, he, he actually was. He went to an okay, Ivy so he went to an Ivy League school, for, I think, for a master's or a graduate degree. So he was like a smart guy. So this, this is feasible. But this is so dark. This is honestly so dark. And it probably wasn't two years before then. I mean, time time is a moving circle, whatever you like to say. I don't know if time is a flat circle. If it had been I don't know if I had ghosted him like six months before that or a year. And anyway, it was just long enough to where it was super it was just super, super strange. Um and it was just one of the funniest moments of my life. And I just remember texting my real friend, Joey, once I left, like, you're not going to believe what just happened to me. Oh, my God. That gives me a lot of anxiety about your life and the way you conduct your contacts and your iCloud. Well, what happened was, for some reason, I just put Joey in for the guy oh, I ghosted. Sexy. So, well, what's funny, too, oh, not funny, but I will say. I was a I was pretty bad about ghosting, but eventually I would say by 24, 25, I really got my act together and stopped ghosting Good. people and started being more upfront. But I will just say on the topic of ghosting, that actually became way more awkward because people there's never a good way. They never really want to nope. hear it. Like and my new mentality was okay, be very upfront at the end of the day. So if they said anything like, I'd like to see you again or whatever, I would just be like, honestly, I don't think it's going to work out. I didn't really feel a connection. <laughs> but I wish you all the best. Just like looking them in the eyes, like trying to be like a respectable person. Anyway. Look them in the eyes and so, say, I didn't feel a connection. Oh my gosh. I'm literally like clenched. That literally, that makes me like so nervous. Wow. Well, it's just, I mean, you you're have, engaged, I, so it's working. You can't win either way. No, either you, you can't win. Or I would send, you know, a text if they asked to get to, together again. And I would say, you know, I had a great time. I didn't really feel it. Um, but I wish you all the best. And then I would get like text back, mad text back. Like, well, I, did you think oh, like I classic. really like was that into this? It's so classic. Like, I mean, you remember when we had a missionary in our ward who became very good family friends with, he liked my parents. He would always come over for dinner. Turns out he just had a thing for me. And the minute he was off his mission, he messaged me. And I prefer, instead of ghosting or being upfront, I prefer just like a thinly veiled excuse about why I'm forever busy. So he was like, mm-hmm. hey, Chandler, uh, how's it going? And I'm, I'm like, hey, Brian. And, and he's like, hey, I'm glad to hear it's going well. I'd love to hang out or take you to dinner. And I just said, school's really busy right now. 
That's all I said. Do you want to hear the end of that story? Do I dare tell the end of the story? (laughs) Just tell the end of that story, Chandler. You have to. Okay. Listeners deserve it. I hope Brian is not listening. Well, that was about three years ago. Recently at a family gathering, we brought up our fond memory of Brian and how he would come over for dinner. And like, we have, I have one cursed picture of like my parents and Brian and I like all have our, like, we're all like have our arms around each other posing. And it's such a cursed photo. I'm like wearing a headband and PE shorts and, but he was into it anyways. So it gets brought up and my brother-in-law, Wyatt decides that we should just see what's going on with Brian. And maybe I should just finally message him back. (laughs) And so three years later, Brian gets a Facebook message from me saying, Lauren, do you remember what I said? I think his last message to you was something like a question. Like, let me know when your, your schedule is more yeah. free. And then what did, I think I said, like, school's not so bu- and busy we- anymore. <laughs> like, why message something back? Like, I graduated. I'm not busy anymore or something like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy is now married with children. He's now so. married. Yeah. Married. I don't know if he has children, but he is. Brian is fully married. Anyways, um, sorry, Brian, I do apologize for my poor behavior. You know, I apologize for my like thinly veiled excuses. It's not great. It's something I probably should work on, but I just don't think I'm going to be that great at it in this life, maybe in the next life. It's a hard, it's just a hard situation. And I will say it's just a no win situation. It's kind of like if you're a girl and you have a, a friend who is a straight male and then they end up being into you or mm-hmm. whatever. And people will always say like, of course he was into you. Like men, he didn't, guys don't want to be your friend. Um, or if you like kind of complain that's that, you know, this person who was just being nice actually ended up just wanting something yeah. from you, like and hit on you eventually. You complain about that as a girl. People always are like, you're so naive. He never wanted to be your friend in the first place. But then if you say, if you ever suggest that potentially someone who you're friends with, you know, might, you know, like maybe could they, into you. I don't know. I just could be into you. It's like, well, you, are you really that conceited? Exactly. Like you cannot win as a girl. If you are, if you try to be wise mm-hmm. and not it, people call you a, a conceited. And if you're naive, then you're an idiot. You, then you're an idiot and you're naive. Well, yeah. and, and so. honestly, just like the rage text that you get from dudes, like I actually tried to call out a guy for the first time in my life. Like we had gone on a date and he didn't okay. give me Jeffrey Dean Morgan vibes. He was looking, only looking for one thing. And we all know what that is. Yeah. And so I finally said to him, I was like, yeah, you give me, um, F boy vibes. Sorry. I said it, but I, he needed to be called out. <laughs> totally. And I said that to him and he fully raged. Mm-hmm. And he said, he was like, I don't know where you get that idea. <laughs> and I literally sent him back like his text to me. <laughs> and oh then I just God. like never. And then I blocked his number and never talked to him ever again. So anyways, crazy. that being said, there is like a backlash if you're yeah, honest, but yeah, continue. Are, a lot of men are lizard brains and you just have to avoid the lizards. But a lot are wonderful. We don't want to seem like man haters. We're no, not, we're men not. enthusiasts. Oh, for sure. I'm men, men enthusiasts. <laughs> um, just not a lizard brain enthusiast by any means. True. Um, True. Okay. I want to bring up a quick little thing about relationships because I would be very interested to get your viewpoint on this, Lauren. Chloe okay. Bruder posted on her story about how her boyfriend, Nick, had her first and last name in his contacts as his contact for her, Chloe Bruder. I think I'm saying your last name right. I might be butchering it. And if so, I'm really sorry. But her contact for him was, I think, Nick or Nicholas with a heart. Um, 
And she was like, huh, that's kind of sus. And I, I felt seen. I felt heard. Do you agree that it kind of matters how serious their contact is? Does that make sense? Yes, it totally makes sense. Um, I think that... I think that it also is just the personality of who you're dating. So a lot of times as a girl, you, as a woman, you will want someone to behave as you want, will. So you'll want them to have your contact as like Lauren, baby, love, sexy woman, love her forever. Or just like, just like something cute or just like hot girl or something like that. Um, Just something I would never want my boyfriend to have my contact as hot girl for the record. I think that would be funny. Um, really? Or just something cute. Yeah. You, want, you want a heart. You want some type of emoji. Yeah. Whatever. No. Uh, most guys, here's the thing. They're not women. So they're not going to think like you. They Ultimately, that is the problem in a lot of relationships is that men are not women. And so they're not going to match your affection manifestations. They it's are really gonna, They're going to... Yeah. I mean, they're going to show affection in other ways, but they'll probably have you in your phone as your first and last name. And Ugh. that's just the dark reality of it's dating a straight man. It's just a dark reality. That's where we're at. That's what it be. Um, okay. <laughs> Lauren, we've done personal. We've done political. Let's get back to this nonsense. We've got mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. I alerted you to some major, major breaking news. Oh my gosh. Hot off the press. Um, Morgan Stewart is engaged. Morgan Stewart is engaged. Now, if y'all remember, we talked about her being quarantined in Malibu with her boyfriend, who is Dr. Phil, not Tim McGraw, um, not Tim McGraw's son. So she was, yeah. Yes. So she's been quarantined um, with him for probably since the beginning of all this. And they've been dating for like the past six months. I don't know. I, I feel like they only made it official like three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a conspiracy okay, theory. First of all, I want to say, before I give my theory, I think that they're a perfect match. I can tell she's really proud of him, and they both shine bright. They clearly are very stylish, very fun people who love the spotlight. I think they're going to do really well together in that mm-hmm. way. Um, it seems like they're very sim- symbiotic. When In her last relationship, where she was married to Brendan, he was such a downer compared yeah, to her. You know, I always thought that it was one of those like opposites attract scenarios where the guy Mm -hmm. marries like this really like big personality, big starlet. And he just kind of like, you know, steps to the side while she like, you know, soaks up the limelight. Um, but as like you and I have talked about, I do think it's a situation that you can sometimes outgrow that person or you could just feel bored by them. And maybe they didn't want that life to begin with, but you just sort of grew into it and it just doesn't work. Totally. I think that, I think that they had obviously been together for so long. And unfortunately, I think sometimes when someone I think becomes a celebrity, a true celebrity, I think it just changes the the game. Like she, her star was really rising. And I think as a guy, you have to be really comfortable with your wife being really successful if that, if that does happen. And so who knows what their dynamic was like, but I can just imagine that, you know, just wasn't working out. Obviously. I mean, there were also and, rumors that she had cheated with one of her, um, e-producers. I'm pretty sure. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, which honestly that she didn't like 
flat out deny, I don't think. And yeah. so it seems like where there's smoke, there's fire. That seems plausible yeah. to me. Yeah. But, um, but I'm very happy for her. She turned this around. She got divorced 11 months ago and now she already has another eight plus carat ring on her finger. Clearly this girl has lessons to, to teach us. I would like to petition that there's a, a formal master class mm-hmm. um, on how to get the big D by Morgan Stewart, the big diamond. Yep. Um, I, it's shocking to me. I mean, I think initially Courtney and I, when we found out the news, we were like, wow, this is so soon. It's kind of crazy. I mean, they got an official divorce like in December or no, sorry, in August of last year. So it's pretty quick. But that being said, Jordan and her did date when she was much younger. And so I just think it's a classic when you know, you know, and when it's not right, it's so not right. But when it's right, it's perfect. And it's like, why wait? Well, I actually, I listened to her years ago on the Heather Dubrow podcast. And I remember her talking about how, you know, she definitely wanted children and how for her, the sweet spot of getting married was between like 28 and 32. So then she could have kids in her early to mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember her saying like, this is critical timing for me basically. Yeah. So I could see it being a situation where it's like, yeah, this is right. Let's just do it. Let's go for it. And let's probably have kids or she's pregnant. Oh, is that your theory? That's my conspiracy theory only because he comes from a very Christian family. I mean, he's got, I confused him with Tim McGraw. I confused his dad with Tim McGraw. So, you know, they're very Christian. I mean, I'm going to look on her Instagram right now, but I want to see evidence of her drinking recently. Ooh, Lauren, you're so smart. Truly. I'm, I'm get you on the case. My, edu- my BYU education really comes in handy. Um, these are the analytical skills I gained in my philosophy degree. Okay, no instance of her drinking, but there's not I much in her engagement. Either. Instagram is just a picture of her in a, in a bathing suit. It's a picture of her looking really skinny with a huge diamond on her finger. I mean, lessons to be learned, wow. folks. I want a masterclass. I want this masterclass so I can pass this on to like just women on the street. I would pay Scientology money to have her masterclass. Like I would pay to climb up the ladder of Morgan Stewart, uh, self-realization. Can, can you imagine marrying into the Dr. No, Phil empire? No. I mean, and you know, it's just, it's an empire. I mean, they were staying at that beachfront house in Malibu. I know that's not hers. I know that's his Robin McGraw as oh. your mother-in-law. Are Robin McGraw and Phil McGraw still together? Yes, of course they are. How dare you even... I don't know. I. You think they're divorced? I mean, now I got to fact check myself, but like... Now we have to fact check. I feel like <sighs> I heard a rumor they were divorced. Don't say something like that. I'm sorry. I just want to make I hate sure. I'm typing in Robin McGraw, D-I-V, into Google. This just feels like... No, hard. I guess they are They are still happily married. No, Lauren. Yes, they are still happily mar- married. She's got a book called Inside My Heart, okay, Choosing to Live with Passion and Purpose. Should we read it? Uh, yes, we absolutely could. We, I'm sorry, line. we absolutely should. She has a skincare line called Today, Every Day, All Day which is some great copy as a copywriter. I can just go ahead and say that. Okay. You, okay. You have to go on her Instagram right now. There's a photo of her with Phil McGraw. I'm just going to DM it to you really quick. I mean, if your mother-in-law has a skincare line called Robin McGraw revelation, starlight, triple action, face brightening cream, like you're marrying into an empire. Yeah. It's gold. It's golden. You have wrinkle free money filled days ahead of you. That's all I have to say. hundred percent. Go check out that pic. I just sent you. Oh my gosh. Like can't, her arms just around that that beefy American man, just ninety sunglasses. I, love his chin. I think I love Doctor Phil's chin. It might be my favorite thing about him. 
Dr. Phil, I would say, just what is McGraw men have great genetics. Uh, it's really what it's about. I'm going to go on Facebook and just start friending all of the straight McGraw men. I think that's my next move. That's what I'm doing today. Absolutely. Yeah. You should try to get like a census report from like peopleinfo.com <sighs> on like every man that's single between the age of 20 and 40 with the last name McGraw. And I would just start sending out like advertisements I mean, I of yourself. Like in like the San Francisco Bay Area for McGraw men. I should, I could narrow down my search by that. If, you, if any of you know a single in McGraw. the Northern uh, California area, please let me know. Or um, a single McGraw with a plane and channel yes, will go anywhere. Yes, yes, 100% willing to fly. Okay, okay great. Well, okay. with that call, I mean, I think our listeners need to get to work. We'll let yeah. them go. They have a lot to do. <laughs> lot to do. Is there anything else you want to touch on this week, No, sis? I think that's it. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, Guys, let's try to get Morgan to give us a masterclass. I'm secreting this into existence. Manifesting it as we speak. Manifesting this in our lives. Love Love y'all. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.